the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. At what point do the Steelers just say, bleep you, Le'Veon? We got a lot of great players. We got a great quarterback. We got the best wide receiver in the game. We know you're the best. But you're a little much. 412-922-2874. I'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Jerry Dulac joins us at 520. We got Tim Benz at 6 o'clock. Benzie's going to be on fire about this. So next hour, 60 minutes from now, you're going to want to hear that. About, oh, nine hours ago, I went on a morning show in Durham, North Carolina, and here's the email I got from the producer, because I don't want to, I don't want to step into something I don't mean to here, and I don't want to put my own foot in my mouth more than I did already this morning, so I don't want to say it, I'll just have the guy who emailed me say it. He says, quote, Dear Mr. Crowley, my name is Michael Shelton. I'm the producer for the blah, 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 blah. We are the only morning drive sports talk show in the country that is hosted by two African-American hosts. He goes on to say 50% of our audience is African-American. He said we recently celebrated our sixth anniversary, and then there's a picture at the bottom of all these guys. And I can confirm that they are black. Good journalism on my part. So I'm going into this, and I hear the beginning portion of their show when I'm going in. And these guys are cool as all hell. Like, I think I'm cool when I do radio. I'm carefree. These guys are badass. And I think that I make a really awkward joke here. We got it for you right now. Matter of fact, let's go to Pittsburgh as we get a chance to talk about this uh, NFL matchup coming up. Uh, we got ESPN, Pittsburgh uh, radio host, Steelers radio network host. Adam Crowley. Adam, welcome to the show, my friend. How you doing? I'm great, guys. Let's throw it all the way back to the Big Bang. Oh, oh okay, oh, okay, okay. You want to okay. go, go all the way back. Uh, way back to the Big Bang. You, okay. You want to go back to where Alabama football started. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bang, that's what I call prom night. That's what I call it. <laughs> oh, nice. He's uh, hey, hey, You can fit in with us each other every day down here, my friend. Welcome boy, Adam. <laughs> They donged you. <laughs> they did, man. I come in, there's there's black and yellow playing in the background. These guys got swag. Yeah. So they're talking about throwback Thursdays, right? Yeah. And not throwback, what do they call it? Time Machine Thursday or whatever. Yeah. See, I'm already not yeah. as cool as them. <laughs> so the guy goes, coming in, he goes, we throwing it back to the beginning of time. So I come in, I'm like, the Big Bang? And they laugh, and that's a dumb joke because I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to get in there, man. Like I'm just trying to be as cool as they are. I'm just. I'm trying to meet them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're up here with their enthusiasm. This guy literally woke me up, and I got a story about that too. This guy literally wakes me up, and I'm like, I gotta match their. I gotta match them, man. It's like a playoff hockey game. They come in, they got the desperation. I gotta match their desperation. So I make the big bang joke, which wasn't great. They laugh nonetheless. You gotta laugh, man. So I think that I think that landed well. It did. And then they chuckled more, and I said, that's what I called prom night. <laughs> Which admittedly not as well as I could do, 
But I went for it because I wanted to have the swag, man. Did you have that pre Well, I mean, you couldn't have because you didn't know it was going back to the beginning of time. Like, you could have not known that at all. These guys are the best, though. I'm going to go on again. That sounds like a fun show. Yeah, dude. They're awesome. (laughs) They got their own Joe, too, like in the background, dropping beats. He's firing beats. He's doing sounders, man. This guy's badass. Ah, Kelly Clarkson! And when he called me, I forgot I was doing it because I do that all the time. Like, Stu <laughs> This guy calls me, and the show's called The Shop. She goes, hey, man, it's Michael from The Shop. And I literally just woke up. I go, what shop? <laughs> what shop are we talking about? He goes, the radio show. I was like, oh, I know, man, I know. He puts me on hold. He played it off as a joke. Yeah, I know, man. I know, man. Yeah, I, I walk downstairs, go to my guest bedroom, close the door, and I sit down on the bed because I was trying not to wake my wife up, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to bleep this up so bad. They're never going to have me back. I like these guys. You're a recurring character on this show, aren't you? I would hope so. Yeah, you're going to be, man. Yeah, that'll be fun. Nice. I think, you know, honestly, after hearing those sound effects, like I'm, all, I'm like kind of puffed up for Joe over here. Because I want to be like, now I want to have a sound effect off with this show. Like, I want to pit our Joe against their Joe and, and let the best sound effects win. I think their Joe's name is Michael, and their Joe their Joe books guests. Oh. My Joe does not. Oh. That's all I'm saying. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Their Joe's, their Joe's kicking know, our Joe's ass right now, look, man. Look, i got to come to Joe's aid here. There, There is no way one person in particular... Joe is responsible for Stu Gotts being on this program and getting you national oh, attention. So you cannot say that Joe does not book guests because Joe has gotten you Stu Gotts. That's true. Joe, come on here. Who else have you gotten him? Craig Gass. Craig Gass. Okay. Adam, he's two, gotten you. Two of the best guests we've had. You also reached out to that singer, Vanessa Carlton. Yeah. yeah. Guess who did all the legwork for the NFL Network when they mentioned you nationally and yeah, used you Joe. as the voice of the uh, uh, of the shade, of the. Uh, uh, James Harrison. Yeah, the James yeah, Harrison. Yeah, that was me too. Story. We got uh, Golic Jr. Golic Jr.? So you're working at about 2% of all the guests we've ever I, had. I honestly think that's a demerit. I know. Joe should be booking the guests. Joe should get a demerit because he's only he's only no, 98% no, 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 of the guests no, 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 no. that are on the show that's a demerit. Book. That's a demerit on the talent. That's like the beginning of the ego there. You're starting to take credit for Joe's work. Like, Joe doesn't do anything. Just plays a bunch of sounds. Telling this guy's all great because they liked your Big Bang joke? You can't throw Joe under the bus like that. The reality is, Stu Gotts does a lot of hits. Oh, come on. But only I get mentioned nationally because I'm just that good. Joe got him on on a Friday and he came back on a Tuesday and then he talked about you on a show. He wouldn't have come back the Tuesday if I wasn't good. I love you, Joe. I love Joe, too. But I think they're Joe. I think this Sean dude... His name's Michael. His name's Damn Mike, it, just, dude. Just, See, just whistle just me. So, just whistle me. Yeah, you're just, just me. so bad at like giving credit to producers. That's my third. Two more, and I'm actually going to go for the Wheel of Doom. Jeez, oh, man. Okay. Throw Joe down Joe's the wise man. Yeah. See? Oh, Presuda wow. knows. Look at that. Look at you pulling the flattering audio for yourself, you son of a bitch. Dude, you called him out, and he took the ball right down your throat. Just went to the hoop on you. Boom. Dunked. Yep. Right in your face. Posterized. I think Joe's kind of an idiot. I'm not going to disagree with that. Well, the, yeah, we, I think all of us can agree with that part. But he's good at his job. He is. I got three demerits now. Nice. I went in there trying to get Joe a demerit, and I wound up getting myself one. Walked right into your own demerit. 
The question still exists. 412-922-2874. After the year, do you just tell Le'Veon to pack up and leave? Do you just say we're done with this nonsense? 412-922-2874. I'll say no. Mark Madden did segments on his show last offseason saying the Steelers should trade Le'Veon Bell for corner depth. You win championships with good players. And if we've seen anything this year, it's this. That distraction means a lot less than we used to think that it meant. At least with Mike Tomlin at the helm. Mike Tomlin seems to do a good job of keeping his team singularly focused, even when there's all kinds of nonsense going on around them. If Tomlin can deal with whatever's happened this year, then the next thing that happens with Le'Veon Bell, he'll be able to deal with too. Now, money becomes an issue. Do the Steelers have the ability to sign Le'Veon? Yeah, they can move some things around. They can restructure some dudes. They can cut some salary. They have the money if they want to bring Le'Veon back to be able to do it, whether it's the franchise tag or otherwise. But that's not really the question I'm asking. I'm asking, is it worth the hoopla? Is it worth the distraction? 412-922-2874. I know y'all out there don't think it is, but I do. Uh, it's the same thing with Antonio Brown. You remember last year going into the AFC Championship game, Brown's walking around on Facebook Live in the locker room like an idiot. And everyone's saying, oh, get rid of this guy. Except for me. I said he's dumb. It's stupid. But you'll take dumb and stupid if dumb and stupid is good. If dumb and stupid is talented, you're fine with it. Le'Veon Bell did something dumb. Le'Veon Bell talked to Jeremy Fowler, which is dumb in and of itself. JK, love you, Fowler. Uh, but he creates another bleep storm at the worst possible time. Prior to a single elimination playoff game. At home, when everything is in your favor. You got 70,000 Roaring Steelers fans. The weather's going to be in your favor. Blake Bortles stinks. I mean, bless his heart. He tries hard, but he stinks. Everything is lining up for the Steelers to romp. And Le'Veon's like, I'm going to retire. I'm going to sit out a year. Pouting, whining, upset. And it's not the time for upset right now. It's the time to focus on the goal at hand. Now, I don't think it's going to be a huge issue in terms of affecting the play on the field. I can't talk out of both sides of my mouth here. I've said all year long that the Steelers handle the distractions better than any team in the National Football League because they obviously freaking do. But that doesn't mean he's right to say this at this time. 412-922-2874. Braden tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Don't throw Joe under the bus. He has the best drops and is great at his job. You deserve that demerit. There you go, Brad. Joe, could you play the uh, bull bleep sounder for me right now? <laughs> ha! He just bull bleeped himself. Joe will do anything I want, apparently. <laughs> he's like he's like Ron Burgundy, and I'm like the teleprompter. Joe! Le'Veon Bell tells Jeremy Fowler of ESPN 
that he'd consider sitting out or retiring if given the franchise tag. Again, our next guest has to deal with this now with me. He is Jerry Dulac, sponsored by Coors Light, proudly served at Chupka's 2 Cafe on the south side, featuring five Coors Lights for $14 during all Penguins games. Jerry, we just can't get through a week without something like this coming up, can we? Uh, Adam, um, you're right, and I think sometimes it just points up to uh, the uh, not very bright nature of some of the players when they say things like this at, at, at a time like this. So that's what I don't understand. What in good God's name would prompt him to even deliver such a statement at, at, you know, the week of a playoff game is just beyond me about possibly his future in the franchise tag. Anybody with any amount of common sense, a player, would say, uh, well, you know what, hey, I'll worry about it at the end of the season. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about that now. Uh, and the fact that he would bring that up and say that, I mean, you know, that that makes for a, a good fodder for for uh, the media people, but I just don't understand uh, why certain players do that. And, and he, this is not the first time for him, Adam, and I'm not so sure that this is just not another reason why I wouldn't sign him to any type of long-term contract, wow. at least certainly not at the price that he asks. Well, I think that Art the II and Kevin Colbert and Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin right now I have to be thinking, what do you think you're doing, man? You, oh, no you, you're going to strong arm us? Give me a break. There's no chance. Yeah, well, that's for sure. I mean, that's never going to happen. They're going to offer him what they feel is fair, just like they did this year, and he didn't want it. He didn't want what they had to offer, and it was a pretty good offer. They're not going to change a whole lot. Plus, the other thing, too, is, look, this isn't Ben Roethlisberger here. They they can win without Le'Veon Bell. They can't win without Ben Roethlisberger. And my point is, you're talking about a running back, any running back, but especially this one who touches it so many times and takes pounding that what do you think his shelf life is going to be in the NFL? And you're going to commit to him long term. Um, that's why, I, I mean, to me, the smart play was, I thought all along, would be to franchise him this year. And then at this point, I'd franchise him again. And then, you know what? Leave it up to him. But they're not going to, they're not, he's not going to goad them into paying him what he feels is his quote value, that they don't value him. I mean, um, and, and you know, he always is talking about his rap career and a whole bit. I mean, these are the things you take into account when you're, when you own the team that, you know, do you want to invest in a player who is not a good investment? And I'm not talking about, on the football field. And I, again, I just, I just don't understand why anybody wouldn't have the common sense to, to think uh, not to even start talking about something like that or even address it. And um, I, it's, it's just beyond me that that kind of stuff happens. When he said, Jerry, that he wants to set the market so that he can help out the Todd Gurley's and the Ezekiel Elliott's and the Melvin Gordon. Oh, yeah. The world. Boy, isn't he magnanimous, Adam? That's very nice of him. Yeah, such a nice guy for doing that. I understand. Fred the Wealth. Yeah, right. Fred the Wealth. Maybe you should join Bernie Sanders. I don't want to get into a political discussion. It sounds like he's a socialist, right? Spreading the wealth around. Oh, man. Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon. Now, he does want to set the market. We all know that, but it ain't for them. Give me a break. Uh, Jerry Dulac joining me here uh, on the Crowley Show. Uh, Jerry, we talked about it last week with the Todd Haley stuff, and these are different nature, of course. Todd Haley's out trying to enjoy a night, and uh, Le'Veon Bell's speaking to a reporter the week before a playoff game. I think these are 
definitely a little bit different, no question about it. But week in, week out, this team deals with this kind of stuff. So I would imagine that they're able to deal with this. I'd imagine that this won't affect them on Sunday. Oh, no, I don't think it affects them one bit. I, I, I think uh, I think they all probably know that, um, you know, there'll be certain players that be want to say to them, they say this just what I said, man, what are you doing? Why would you even discuss that? But it doesn't affect them. That is because every one of them, you know, in some form or another, they just don't state it, wants to feel, you know, feel that they're, they probably all feel that they're worth more than what they get when they start seeing what other contracts are. Maybe you're on the league, but that has no impact on, on this team or it bothers the players. Those things come and go and the Haley incident and all those things. I mean, uh, Adam, there's probably things that go on that we don't even know about. And, and it's just all part of, you know, this, this, this professional uh, atmosphere with the players, uh, you know, all the nonsense that we hear about and, and, and listen to and uh, on, on social media. And uh, it, 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 it certainly doesn't bother the team, uh, just like the whole James Harrison episode. They've been dealing with that since the preseason. Every one of them knew that he wanted, that he asked to be released. And um, that was nothing new. And it's just like the Brady situation and Belichick and, and Robert Kraft in New England. That's been going on all year. Do you, do you, you don't think those people knew about that? Of course they did. The players internally, I mean, in the locker room didn't affect them. They're 13 and three. These guys, when you, when you're an organization such as the Steelers or new England and and these little things creep up, um, they, you know, they handle it. That's what, that's why they're successful. They, they have good players and they're a good organization and they go out and they can't, they take care of their business. And, uh, you know, I think they just, you know, they just dismiss all the other stuff for the most part. Jerry Dulac joining me from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network. Let's transition to this Jags game, Jerry. And let me ask you about the Steelers offense versus the Jags defense. Which unit is good enough to dictate, do you think? Well, I don't. I, that's a good question, Adam. And, and what I want to see, uh, just to digress from your question for a minute, is I want to see who changes what they do. And by that, I mean there is no way Jacksonville – can keep the same game plan that they used against Buffalo against the Steelers, uh, where Blake Bortles doesn't attack downfield, where he completes uh, uh, passes to just one wide receiver and only three other players, one of whom was the one was the, the touchdown pass to the tight end, the backup tight end. That was the only pass he caught. So he basically targeted three other receivers and only one wide receiver. There's no way you can play with that same game plan, unless you think you're going to take the ball away five times and, re- and take two of them back for touchdowns, like what happened in the first game. So Jacksonville is going to have to change. Leonard Fournette, just go look at his numbers the last six games. Uh, Adam, I don't want to call him a pedestrian running back, but he's certainly not a game-changing, game-dictating type of running back. He's averaging 3.1 yards in his last six games. His longest run is is 24 yards. And he's just not that, he hasn't been that type of back. Um, so you're not going to play the Steelers and just hand it to Leonard Fournette because you know they're going to take him away. And so it's up to them, uh, to change what they do. So to me, Jacksonville has to come out and start throwing on first down with Blake Bortles if he, uh, you know, if we'll see how he's able to do. So will, will, will Jacksonville change what they do? And will the Steelers deviate from what they've been doing the last six or seven games, which is 
letting Ben Roethlisberger, letting Ben Roethlisberger attack downfield, give him the ball and throw, throw, throw for the most part. Look at Le'Veon Bell's carries the last six games, fewest of any six-game stretch in his career. Look at Ben's attempts the last six games, most of any six-game stretch in his career. And look at the point production because of it. They've changed the way they played the second half of the season, and that's when their offense has been most productive. This idea that they're just going to hand it to Le'Veon Bell 25, 27 times like they did early in the season, except for the Jacksonville game, I just, I, I, to me, why would you change? I understand their defense. So to your point, who's going to dictate? I think the Steelers will dictate to Jacksonville. This is the way we're going to play. And I'm not saying they're going to throw 55 times like last time. That was a different animal. But, but I think you will see, I don't think you will see them deviate from what has been successful and what has gotten them to this point of the season. And that's the way letting Ben take control of the game. That's really good stuff, Jerry. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when Denver came in here a couple of years ago, and it's the no-fly zone, and you're not going to be able to throw on us. And the Steelers said, right. like, hell, we can't. And then they right. did. And I think Antonio Brown had 200-some-odd yards in that game and 16 catches. Uh, Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette Steelers Radio Network joining me here on the Crowley Show. A lot has been made of Bortles. I think he stinks. He's probably not as bad as he was last week, but I have a tough time seeing him be at home, 70,000 Jags fans there, to going on the road, it's 18 degrees, Heinz Field, and him not feeling the pressure. I think he throws the ball to Pittsburgh at least once in this game. Well, and you had to do is look at the way he played last week against Buffalo at home. Right. And he was obviously inaccurate, inefficient, and, and extremely tentative. And, and maybe the game plan was geared around not having him attack. But, uh, you know, again, they're going to have to try to play somewhere. Some, they have to play uh, some way differently than they did. But I'm with you. And did you see another Tennessee player took a shot at him again today? That's just funny to me that two players within their own division, Jarrell Casey did it last week, and that was um, – well, did you see that Adam was at Bayard, the, the, yes. the secondary guy? He said he wants to make Tom Brady look like Blake Bortles. <laughs> So the players in his own division don't have any problems taking shots at Blake Bortles, which tells you what they think about Blake Bortles. And, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Jacksonville's a terrible team because they are not a terrible team. They are a good football team. To me, this is about what I see with the Steeler team. They're extremely focused, extremely determined. This is the way they've been all year. I'm not talking about just this week. And, and none more so than their quarterback. And based on what I see and, 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 and where they want to go and what they know they need to do, that's why I see the Steelers winning this game. I don't know, you know, I've said since the end of that Jacksonville game against Buffalo that the Steelers will win 30 to 10, and that's my prediction. And it's not because I say Jacksonville stinks. I just because, it's just because when I look at this team, I look what they've been able to do. They lost to them the first time. They take that stuff personally. They were embarrassed. Ben was embarrassed. I expect them to come out and play a really solid game. They've done that all year against the better teams. And uh, Ben's brought them back when they've been trailing. And uh, the only time it didn't happen was uh, was in the Jacksonville game. He even did it in the New England game. And let's face it, it looked like they had won. But, you know, the, a bad call, I mean, a bad rule, not a bad call, a bad rule uh, prevented that from happening. So I, I don't see anything changing. And uh, I, I expect them to uh, control this game and win. Jerry, Eagle. great stuff, man. Really appreciate it, and uh, look forward to seeing you here soon. All right, Adam. Good chatting with you. You too, buddy. Jerry Dulac, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Steelers Radio Network with the fire! 
Jerry coming out of the gate hot, baby. And, of course, he is brought to us by the always cool Coors Light, proudly served at Chupka's 2 Cafe on the south side, featuring five Coors Lights for $14 during all Penguins games. That was the lamest thing I've ever done, I think, just there. I was talking about how hot Jerry is, so I tried to transition into the sponsor, and I said the always cool Coors Light. What a freaking loser. Does that mean my joke bombed? Thank you, Joe. Do you see the story in GQ about Ryan Shazier? Yeah! Thanks. You did not? Brian, it's a take that you told me off the air, and it's coming from GQ, and it's a really... Oh, okay. I So my theory. Yeah. It's yeah. a really... It's lit, baby. Oh, boy. And we should have run with it before. Hey. What can you do? I had the theory. At least we know it inside, you know? I'll tell you what the theory was. I'll tell you what this guy wrote, and I'll tell you why I agree and disagree. It's the Crowley Show. Radio app. Sometimes I get so caught up in the bed I can't start the segment. This is one of those times. Picture me bobbing my head, because that's what I'm doing. Okay, picture me with clothes on, you pervs. I could sense it. A lot of people picturing me bobbing my head nude. I can understand. Six-pack's coming out, baby. 16 days until I don't get pierced, because I'm getting that sixer. Tomorrow... Getting this thing cut off. Got my dermatologist appointment at 8 a.m. Nasty cyst. Top of my head. We shrunk that thing. And I feel good about it. Let's get to this GQ story. I'm still caught up in the bed, man. This is jamming shiz right here. This is some outcast. This is what happened, by the way. During the break... I said, we're dangerously close to doing five straight really good shows. And Brian said, bro, it's not even the seventh inning yet. You're going to screw it up. And now I'm overthinking everything. I'm thinking about my technique instead of just doing my segment. GQ wrote a story about Ryan Shazier. And here's the headline. The NFL turned Ryan Shazier into a feel-good story before anyone had a chance to feel awful about it. Now, obviously, this guy didn't listen to my show the week after Ryan Shazier got hurt because I felt awful about it. We talked about it the entire week. I said football isn't what we think it is. It's entertainment, but it also kills people, and it also affects their lives negatively. That can't be disputed now at this point. Now, you can say it also affects their lives positively. It can get them out of bad situations. It can teach them life lessons Whatever. But in terms of brain health, not the best thing to be doing. Running into a wall at full speed ain't the smartest thing you can do, and that's what the NFL is. So I haven't hid from this one bit at all. Now, Jerry tweeted that 
GQ said brutal hit in the story. That Ryan Shazier's hit was brutal. Now, I don't think the writer meant it as in it was a dirty hit. I don't think he meant that it was a hit that is different than a lot of the hits that happen in the National Football League. The way I took it was, it was brutal because of what happened to him. Because Jerry said, it wasn't a brutal hit. He was not injured because of a brutal hit. It was a routine collision. David tweeted, the former host of the show, it's an important story. I haven't heard one person discuss Ryan Shazier's tackling technique in the relationship to the injury. I think both guys are missing the point there. The point is, it's football. I don't care about the tackling technique. You could tackle with perfect technique and still get hurt. I don't care about the semantics of brutal versus non-brutal. The point is, and GQ tried to get to it here, is the NFL puts Ryan Shazier on the front of the website, they put him on Steelers.com, he's at practice, he's in the wheelchair, and everyone's supposed to look at Ryan Shazier and say, this man is an inspiration because he's out and about. This man's an inspiration because of everything that he overcame. And what the GQ article says is, we should be talking about the brutal game that put him in that position. And I think the guy's right. As much as I love football, and as much as we will talk about football constantly on this radio show, football is barbaric. And all this guy is trying to say is Ryan Shazier has become the meat shield. Ryan Shazier, a guy who hurt himself so horrifically playing football, is now being used as the guy who, well, look over here, look at how inspiring he is. As opposed to, wow, look at why he's in the position that he is. That's all a good point. What I disagree with from the GQ article is this. We haven't heard the quote-unquote P word yet. Of course we haven't. Do you know what society we live in right now? Everyone's trying to be politically correct with everything, not just this. Nobody wants to be the person who says, oh my God, what if Ryan Shazier's paralyzed? We talked about it. We talked about the horrific nature of the injury. I don't know if I used the word. I'm pretty sure I did. And he said that the Steelers and the NFL haven't been all that forthcoming with the information. I'll agree with that, but I'll disagree with the sentiment that they need to be more forthcoming. The NFL is using Ryan Shazier as an inspiration. They're trying to get you to think of Ryan Shazier as a guy who's recovering, not a guy who got hurt brutally. And that part I understand But what I don't like is that it's assumed that we're supposed to have a lot of information on this guy at this point. He's going through something that not a lot of people have gone through before this publicly. There's got to be sensitivity towards his family. There's got to be sensitivity towards him. So to me, as far as I'm concerned, the Steelers and the National Football League have handled that part really well. And in fact... Not to break the fourth wall here, transparency is the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. Burt Lawton, the head of Steelers Public Relations, emailed all of the local media today and said, guys, thank you for handling this with such class. Now, I wonder if it's because the GQ stuff had come out or if they knew it was going to come out, but I think that this is an instance where you don't have to pry. You don't have to try to dig the information out of the Steelers, out of Shazier, out of Shazier's dad, This isn't a moment to play gotcha journalism. It's just not. 
I went to WVU's broadcast school, and I was always told that if it bleeds, it leads. And as much as I love the people who taught me broadcasting, I think that is such a flawed way of looking at news. News, to me, is about being the fourth estate, and to me, it's about informing an electorate. That's not really here nor there. But with that being the statement, I've had friends who are TV journalists who would go to houses right after some kids in a car accident or a house burns down. You stick a microphone in somebody's face to get an emotional reaction, and I'm anti-everything about that. And that's how I feel about the Ryan Shazier injury. I'm anti-everything about prying to figure out what's going on with him. What they want us to know, that's what we will know. And that's what we should know. So that's the only part I disagree with with the GQ article. The rest of it, I think, is spot on. The NFL didn't want the conversation to be about players getting hurt. Because the thing about the Shazier injury was it wasn't one of those violent hits that you're trying to get out of the game. That was just the game being the game. And you can't take that violence out of football. Devin, next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Hey, brother, you're on a good point, man. I hate this PC world we live in. Like, I love Dave Chappelle, and he catches so much flack for the jokes that he tells, man. They're jokes, you know what I mean? Everybody's so sensitive nowadays. And but that's not what I called it. No, well, let me just get in on that real quick. First of all, Dave Chappelle's new stuff is... So freaking nuanced. He's the only person who's taking this stuff on head-on, and he's, yes. he's got the clout to be able to do it. So good for him being able to talk about real-world issues while also making it funny. He's kind of like a conscience of America right now, but that's besides the point. The second thing, the PC thing, everyone's oversensitive about everything, which I, I, I don't love. But because the, we have to be able to have a conversation, brother. You do. And sometimes conversations are uncomfortable. Agreed, a thousand percent. Except whenever it comes to this Shazier stuff. Like, if his family doesn't want that stuff to get out, I'm totally going to respect them. And if people don't want to talk about paralysis, that's fine. I have because it's part of the difficult discussion. But if other people don't want to touch it, I'm not going to begrudge them for that. That's the truth of the matter. And, and when we try to sugarcoat it, then that's when no real changes happen. That's when proper tackling techniques aren't put in the forefront and that he did kind of hurt himself, which is so sad. You know, I don't want to see him in this position. Yes, I think you're right on all that. As for Ryan Shazier's poor tackling technique on the play, it wasn't textbook. But if it was, it doesn't necessarily preclude him from any injury either, though. And and that's, right. and that's just it. I, I do think... You want to protect yourself as much as you can as a player out there, but the GQ article, in my mind, got to the heart of the matter that is football exactly. is inherently violent, and hey, yeah. sorry, there's nothing we can do about it. Right. I called in to talk. You know, I'm 39 years old, man. I'm a little bit old school. I don't have time to suffer fools, and I've never seen – I don't know how the still has got so many malcontents that overplay their hand, man. What? That's putting it perfectly. If he feels perfectly. like that, if he feels like that, then let his ass go. That is put perfectly. Now, I'm always on the side of talent, man. Give me talent. I don't care if they're knuckleheads. But that being said, this was the dumbest thing for Le'Veon to have said. Oh, my goodness. Come on, And if brother. you're not familiar, anybody out there who's just tuning in, Le'Veon Bell told Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that he'd consider sitting out or retiring if tagged again. It's just the worst possible timing for it. He's an idiot. Thank you, Devin. Yep, brother. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian, you brought this to my attention 
couple weeks ago, I think, we were at the Terrace on 5th, and you said, isn't it weird the way that the National Football League hasn't commented at all, but they're kind of rolling them out there to, to, to be this, this inspirational guy, and I don't know if I'd call it a conspiracy theory, I mean, okay, now, let me say, first of all, I don't want to dig. I really do not want to know exactly what's going on with Ryan Shazier's condition. That is his business. That is his family's business. Everything in there is his business, and the only thing I can say is I hope everything goes well for him. He gets better, and I hope one day he gets back to the game, because that was a bad day when it happened. You and I were in the room watching the game. We uh, we were doing the Steelers broadcast, and it just took the wind out of that day completely. I mean, just hurt us. I don't want to be melodramatic here. No, but... I'm not going to watch football the same way ever again. I'm really not. I, I just, every Every collision now, every boom... Every smack, that Alabama-Georgia game, man, the ferocity that both teams played defense, I kept thinking, dude's heads were going to pop off. And you become in this, and I know this isn't where you want to go, so we'll get back to it in a second, but you, 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 you kind of hit a crux of a philosophical conversation in your own head, which is, I love the game so much, but at the same time I care about human beings, how am I supposed to feel about what I'm watching right there on my TV screen? Right, how do I reconcile that? You That's, know? And, yes. and it's... It's tough, man. It really is. Love the game, hate what happened. Just do. Um, but back to the conversation we had about this, you know, in a, in a league where injuries are very prevalent, you look at the NHL, lower body, upper body, you don't know until after the season how bad these guys are hurt. But the NFL, there's detailed injuries. There's progress reports of the injuries. And it's all around, look, I'll just say it. It's about gambling is what that's about. Yeah. You know, so with a league that that is so open about injuries most of the time, it was just odd to me that at that particular time they closed the doors and shut everything in. You didn't hear much about it. You saw him. You kind of saw Pete showed up at a game here and there, that sort of thing. But I mean, I think the NFL in the bigger picture. And look, man, these guys are a huge corporation. That's what the NFL is. And they go into damage control mode. And one of the biggest things that is bugging them right now is that they want to make the game seem safe for kids so moms will put their kids on the field. More kids will play. The game continues. People will come into the seats and not be turned off by, you know, injuries like this. You know, that sort of thing. So they have a dog in the fight. So I think from a PR perspective, this is bad for the NFL. And what I think happened is they just kind of, pulled in from it they did not want anybody to know the severity of this injury you know from a pr standpoint oh, i definitely think that's true i i didn't think it was shady though at the time no not at the time but it's, or now it's it's just continued you know i mean i mean and again they're a corporation and i go on to say that they're a soulless corporation at times, you know, because it's the NFL. It's well, think about breast cancer and, and, and how much that they actually bring in versus how much they actually give to breast cancer. Uh, and and that's not, it's not like it's necessarily uncommon, but they're as soulless as any other corporation out right, there. Right, right. And that they're all about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get why the Steelers don't want Shazier's information to get out, and I understand why Shazier doesn't want the information to get out. I mean, yeah, and see, I understand that. I'm thinking this is from an NFL perspective. Steelers' perspective is completely different. That's closer to a family. Oh, I understand yes. totally where and, those guys are. And as for the NFL, I think they're signing on for that. I think the NFL is saying, hey, as long as it's not going to get out, that's good for us. And anytime you see Ryan Shazier in public, it becomes the inspirational thing as opposed to the how the hell did this guy wind up in a wheelchair thing. I think 
that the hardest part for me is the NFL doesn't want mom to say F this, like you mentioned. And if you watch the commercials, I watch the Levitard show on TV every day whenever I'm prepping for the show. Every single break, there's that mom that and it's like there's the autograph on the screen and it's mom and it's football. And I'm I bet the NFL didn't want the GQ story to come out today. Oh, I'm sure they didn't. I'm sure they went in. I kind of lost my train of thought there, but um that to me is that that's the crux of the issue. Um I think you can say, here's what I wanted to say. You can separate what the Steelers want and what the NFL wants, but just because Shazier doesn't want the information to get out and the Steelers don't want the information to come out doesn't mean that let me rephrase it again. Yeah, it's it's tough to get around this. I mean, it, it really is. is. The Steelers and Shazier want to keep it all in the family. Right. I'm sure the NFL wants that to an extent and understands that Shazier's health is more about Shazier than anybody else. And that, to me, is why this hasn't come out. But that doesn't mean that the NFL wouldn't have wanted to put the kibosh on it anyhow. Right. That's right. what I meant. Good work, Crowley. Way to go. Five shows. Gotta be great. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, Tim Benz. I'm sure he'll have a lot to say on this. He'll have a lot to say on Mike Mitchell. He'll have a lot to say about Le'Veon Bell. I just got a tweet. Hey, little big man, any chance you'll get to the Garrett Cole trade? Some of us can follow more than one sport at a time. Spoiler alert. No. Crowley show. Uh-huh.